Talking Leafs. I'm Chris. And I'm Syl. And happy 2024, everyone. It's a new year and the Leafs have started off 2024 pretty good going uh, 3-0 and on the California road trip. So that's really good. Yes, it's been a while since our last show, so we have lots to get into. But first, we wanted to let you know that Bet Online has you covered with all the up to the second odds, news, and scores. The NFL playoffs are right around the corner, and the NHL and NBA seasons are in full swing. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime, anywhere. Yeah, so head to Bet Online today to get into the action and see all the updated odds. Remember to use the promo code Believe B L E A V to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Currently, Bet Online has the Leafs at five seventy five to win the Eastern Conference. Actually, that's I think that's gone down a teeny bit. So, the Leafs must be doing better. Anyway, Bet Online, where the game starts. So please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know needs support or advice, reach out to Connex Ontario or an organization near you. Place your limits and stay within it. Now we want to give a shout out to our few of our top fans on Facebook, Kimberly Don, Kelly Ward, and Carol Laundries. So thanks for checking out our Facebook content and thanks to everyone who chats with us on our social media channels. You can also check out our YouTube channel where we have added all of our videos from our trip to the NHL Global Series in Stockholm, Sweden. Our social media handle is at LTL1917. A couple things we want to note. First, congratulations to the PWHL getting its first season going and the first few games have been incredible. Yeah, yeah, no, I really like that uh, that first game. I wish we were there, but it was sold out. All the games in Toronto are sold out, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it's uh, it was great the the atmosphere there, and it's too bad our our Toronto. The only thing I don't like is like there's no nickname for the teams now. No, like, not yet. I think yeah. because I think it takes a while to get logos and all that branding and everything yeah. set up, and they didn't want to just you know, throw a name at it and they wanted to think it through. So um, I think they're, they're taking a little bit of time with it for the start. I'm hopefully next year, all the teams will have nicknames and proper logos. Um, But yeah, it's, it is so exciting. I, I was just getting so emotional actually watching, you know, people lining up, standing outside of Maple Leaf gardens, going into watch professional women's hockey. yeah, yeah, it was, it was like great. The, when you you put that on X, and I mm-hmm. was like, I was look, and then I looked and I saw the lineup, and I thought, yeah, that looks like when we used to have to mm-hmm. line up for tickets for regular season. They used to, they actually used to have to put this in the newspaper and say like, go down to the gardens for for leaf tickets, and you used to have line up whether it be for regular season or um, or for playoff tickets. So, but the games themselves for the PWHL, like just the skill and the speed, and I just love the way they. Um, they're, the refs are letting them play. Like the mm-hmm. the girls are really they're putting getting some feistiness in the games, which is yeah, it's which pretty is physical. Good. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, I think that that's good for for the game and for the fans too. Like the fans like to see that too. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, and they had a record breaking, I guess, in Minnesota's game. Mm-hmm. I was surprised they played in the like the XL Energy Center there at uh, the NHL home teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
building. So well, that was... I think in short order, um, the Toronto team will need a new venue as well. So probably they'll be yeah. moving up to the Coca-Cola Coliseum pretty soon. Yeah. So before we move on, another reminder, if you haven't already, please, please, please be sure to vote for Ladies Talking Leafs as the best hockey podcast for the Sports Podcast Awards. The link to vote is in our show notes and across all our social media plan- platforms. So please, 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 yes, please give vote. us your vote. Uh, we love you, our listeners, and uh, we want to make you proud and we need your help to do that. So now it's time to get into our show. We're going to start off with the good, the bad, and the ugly. Then we're going to roll the Ladies Talking Leafs highlight reel. And for our third period segment, we welcome back our Ladies Talking Leafs insider, Mike Agello, to the show. So without any further ado, let's talk Leafs. All right. The good, the bad, the ugly is making a comeback. It's been a while. Um, so yeah, my good is the Leafs defensive depth. I'm actually, I mean, who would have thought we'd be saying that? I know. <laughs> I mean, it's still, obviously, it's still not great. Um, like to be like, we don't have a true number one defenseman. Um, mm-hmm. although, uh, Morgan Riley is is doing his best to to be that, and he definitely is is almost almost that. But um, I'm just thinking, like in the lower parts of the of the deep pairings, like Giordano comes back after being off for 12 games, and I actually think that's going to help him because he was basically burnt out mm-hmm. for the playoffs last last year. So I'm 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 thinking that that break um, for him is is. It's going to be good for us. And then Lilligren as well missed some time with the ankle sprain. He came back. Um, but in the meantime, while those two guys were out, we got some two capable, like bottom pairing defensemen in Simon Benoit and, um, and William Lagason. So they, and they, I mean, Benoit has really become a, almost like a fan favorite now on, on social media and just as his, well, both of them, Legas and Benoit, have the style of play. They're just, they're just gritty defensemen, basically, right? They like to hit. They, they'll drop the gloves if they need to, and um, yeah, they could skate, but they're not. Obviously, they're not quick um, at that part of the game, sort of thing. But that's not what they're meant to do. They clear the front of the net, and um, yeah, yeah, they and, they are uh, that simple style defensive yeah. pairing that you want. And when they are on, our team is rewarded. Um, I was just looking at some stats and uh, when those two guys, Benny and Legs, as I like to call them, <laughs> they um, they have the best goals for and the, the best goals against of any of our pairings. So yes, they are playing sheltered minutes. They're a third line pairing um, group, but you know, they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're like, like Benoit said, he's not going to score a lot of goals, but as far as keeping them out of our net and making it possible for the guys that are offensively gifted to do that, they're doing that. So yes, definitely. I like, I like too, that they've got that set pairing with Benoit and um, McCabe now, and they mm-hmm. seem to be playing more when Matthew's line is on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, it's kind of good to see, like it allows McCabe, I think, to be better too, because he likes to jump up a little bit. And yeah, exactly. And, and Ben Benoit is like more of the stay at home guy and they mm-hmm. seem to have a, a good chemistry building there. So, yeah. So yeah. And then uh, like, it just 
shows that, I guess, for me, I just like it because the depth going into the playoffs, obviously, you need that depth. Yeah. And who knows, we could get something as far as defensemen at the trade deadline, but it's good to know that we're in a comfortable place right now. So anyway, so moving on to my good, still staying with the back end of the team here. Um, I wanted to highlight Martin Jones. Um, I, I totally forgot that he was San Jose's Stanley Cup final Mm -hmm. goaltender when they made that run. And, you know, I don't think anyone would have thought that he would be, you know, putting that form back together, but he has been so solid stepping in um, at this time. And I don't think anybody would have thought that, you know, we would be having to rely on him and he would be basically paying dividends back there for us. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm he's, pretty he's impressed just, with his play so far. Yeah, he's steady. He's very steady. He's yeah. not flashy. Yeah. He's not doing, you know, more than he needs to. And he's just very, very dependable. And and just, I don't know, he's just really solid. And I, I just feel like I'm not stressed out when he's back there. He's very calm. Yeah. He's a quiet and, goaltender. And thankfully, he cleared waivers at, yes. time at the beginning of the year because he, he played really well even in the preseason for us. Mm-hmm. So um, Not great in the Marlies, though, but I think it was very smart for um, Treliving and Pridham to give him a little bit of extra, like a little bit more than probably people would want to mm-hmm. basically absorb pulling him off of waivers. So I think that kind of has helped us there, Yeah, being able yeah. to keep him. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So let's go on to the bad now. I'm saying the bad is the power play. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just not liking it right now. I know they're in, they're actually tied it for six spot. They were in eighth, but now they're in six, I think, because of that five on three they had versus, uh, versus the Sharks last night. They managed to score on that one, but I don't know. To me, it just, I, I would like to see Bertuzzi move up to the first unit. I just think that he's playing well and deserves to, bring some jam in front of the net there. Not that, uh, and, and I, I, I just think like either, whether it be Tavares or Marner going on to the second pairing, like it would just maybe bring some, some more offensive threat to that unit. Um, but I mean, it's not going to happen because Sheldon Keefe just likes to load up on the, uh, <laughs> on the top players on the top unit. And they have been better though. I have to say at not doing that stupid drop pass thing so much, mm-hmm. They still do it, but not as much. And they have been better. So the zone entries are good. And I guess I I like that that second unit, like it's getting extra time, basically. Like the top unit isn't staying out there for like a minute and 30 seconds and only giving the second unit like 15 seconds to work with the, uh, to get any any time on the PP. But I don't know. I'm just thinking because the power play always lets us down too in the playoffs. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. It has in the past. And I'm just hoping that that's not the case <laughs> this yeah, year. I, um, we may need to, to wait and see what happens at the trade deadline. If they're able to get somebody that can get some shots, shots through from the blue line. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's like uh, they have to make sure that they're still moving and stuff. Yeah. It, it's, it might not hurt to mix things up a bit. It's just I I think probably Keith would want to see Bertuzzi maybe scoring a few more goals in that spot on the second yeah, he, unit. Well, 
don't know. But the one game actually that really was like a playoff game, let's just say, was versus the Canes. And mm-hmm. there was the difference there. We were 0 for 3 on the power play. Mm-hmm. And they were 2 for 4. They were at 50%. Yeah. And that was the sure. difference of the game because we lost 3 to 2. Mm-hmm. But we got nothing on our power play, right? So well, that's that's one. Um, and then the other thing, I guess I looked at, um, it was interesting. I looked at NHL Edge at the stats. Mm-hmm. And they had the RO zone time is 56.1%. The leave average is 59% in the ozone on the power play. Mm-hmm. And that 3% of our, our 3%, the difference is being spent in the neutral zone. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is that's with the ozone entry, I guess, sometimes like if they're, the teams are, they're standing us up at the blue line a lot of times, some of these yeah. um, other teams. But anyways, that's my bad. What's your bad? So my bad is uh, Ilya Samsonov and not Ilya Samsonov, the man and the player, but more the situation and, and how it, it could get to this point. Um, anyways, I, I don't really want to go into too much detail on it, um, but uh, our league, our league goaltending um, save percentage without him is the highest in the league at 0.921. So if you took out all of the games that he played, we we have the best goaltending in the league right now. Um, I just hope he's. Said, I hope he's not listening to all those stats that are coming out about 100%. him lately because he doesn't need to be listening or or, or hearing that. No, no, those stats. But that being said, I hope that he can mentally get his game back. I think they're really sheltering him because since he's gone down have not heard boo about what's going on with him. And that's probably for the best. Um, But I hope that he's going to get some games in with the Marlies and, and get another shot. Although there's not a lot of wiggle room there. um, So we'll see if, and when that happens, but I'm just, I'm just sad about the whole situation and how it all shook out for him. Folded for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, hopefully, like you said, I think he does need a game or two to play with the Marlies too. Mm-hmm. And, um, cause I mean, they've given him a, like he was sick a couple, like he had a, he was ill with the flu or something for a few games. Like they've given him enough of a break, I think mm-hmm. to, and then I guess there was the holiday break, um, to try and reset that way. So I, I think he just needs to, get in the crease, get a couple of games in the American Hockey League and um, and hopefully f- figure it out that, that mm-hmm. way. Because I think we need him personally. In oh, order to go sure. anywhere in the playoffs, I think we need him. Yeah, yeah we're talking, you're talking about defensive depth. That's where we don't have the depth goaltending. Yeah. You know. All right. So we're going to not have an ugly because it's a new year. So we don't want to have anything ugly to start off the new year. <laughs> and so keeping with the positive Leafs theme to start, 2024, there are a couple of players that are making their debut on the Ladies Talking Leafs highlight reel. So let's roll it. All right. So coming in at number three, Simon Benoit, quickly becoming a fan favorite. Benoit is that steady, tough, stay-at-home defenseman that we all love. He blocks shots, delivers some big hits, and is not afraid to drop the gloves too. So very deserving of the team belt that he received versus his old team, the Ducks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, he's uh, he's definitely becoming a fan favorite, and um, yeah, I, I've 
uh, just like we were talking about with the our the defensive depth, like he's he's brought it with uh, William Legison, Um and I just love seeing the big hits. That's my and most mm-hmm. of the people on social media. Every time he's like, we don't see them very often in the NHL these days, and it's just like uh, that's that's a big part of it. And and you you we need that grid in the playoffs. So Simon Benoit is the uh, is is very worthy worthy of our number three highlight reel. Uh, number two is Martin Jones, who we were just talking about. Um, we are so thankful for Martin Jones. He played well in the preseason, but then he got sent down to the Marlies, managed to clear waivers somehow. I think there was some bonus um, involved in that. That's why teams didn't actually get him something tied into his contract that the Leafs snuck in there. So he didn't get picked up, which is thank- worth the very thankful for. But he knew his role and that the opportunity would come up to uh, return to the NHL. And and it's not that he's been great, like, but we don't need him to be great, right? We need him to be just really good. And yeah, he's he's been really good. As I said before, he's just been steady and quiet back there. I think that helps the team in front of him feed off of his confidence. I, I do think that people like, the players can sense that. And uh, if he can maintain this form and maybe, you know, be a good backstop for us, who knows, maybe he can rekindle the the excitement that he brought with San Jose in 2016. So number one is Austin Matthews, a December to remember for AM34, and it's continued into 2024. So in December, he had 15 goals and six assists for 21 points. He scored his 30th goal versus the Ducks and is the first player in Leafs history with 30 goals in 35 games or or fewer since Frank Mahovlich did it in 60-61. So yeah, he keeps breaking those record books and... um yeah, I don't well, know. I, I don't know what more we could we could ask for um, from him, but uh, yes, yeah, Once a pleasure to watch day in day out. <laughs> we're very lucky to have him and thankful mm-hmm. to have him. Um, yeah, once you start hearing years of going back to the '60s with mm-hmm. uh, with a player breaking those records, or and we all know records. what the Leafs did in the '60s. Yes, exactly. So. <laughs> All right. So yes, Austin Matthews keeps on rolling and Nylander is keeping pace. So with certain rumors and all-star excitement in the air, we thought what better time than than now to have our Ladies Talking Leafs insider Mike Agello on for our third period segment to discuss it. So it's been a long time since we've chatted with our Ladies Talking Leafs insider and we can't wait to hear his thoughts on the pending deal for William Nylander. <laughs> for our third period segment, we want to welcome Welcome to the show, Mike Agello, a.k.a. Mike in Buffalo. All right. So Mike covers the Leafs and the NHL as a reporter and is a member of the Professional Hockey Writers Association. He does a podcast with HockeyBuzz.com and is co-host of Off the Post Radio and the Leafs Convo. Mike also covers the Buffalo Sabres with the Hockey News. So Happy New Year, Mike. I think we can still say that, uh, even though it's it's a little bit down the road there. Um, Mike, as always, thank you for coming on the show. Joy to the world. <laughs> well, thank you for inviting me. And I'm sure the positivity of this show will be ringing around the GTA and Southern Ontario for days and weeks to come. <laughs> for sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. Actually, it's quite funny. The last time we had you on the show, our first question was about 
William Nylander <laughs> and um, and his hot start to the season because it's been a while. It was in oct- late October. So, um, yeah, and the Nylander conversation, we're going to get this out of the way, starts us off again a couple, few months later. What are your thoughts on this pending deal? Um, according to reports, it's going to get done soon, $11.5 million, uh, for over eight years. But, uh, yeah, what do you think about it? Well, I had hoped because the first inklings of this deal leaked about a week and a half, two weeks ago. And then uh, Darren Drager started to report the amount of 11 and a half. And I was hoping that he was, you know, somebody had slipped some uh, hallucinogens <laughs> into his eggnog or something like that. But then when it comes out from Elliot Friedman and, uh, you know, Elliot, Elliot is as good as yeah. it comes in terms of, you know, nailing down the information. And I just think it's a stupid deal. I think it's really ridiculous. I think it's an, a massive overpay. I mean, for, for one thing, you know, we were talking in the summer, late in the summer, before training camp, before the season, about eight, eight and a half, eight point eight, maybe nine and a quarter. And at that point, people were thinking that was an overpay. Now, granted, he's had a great half season. He had a really good year last year. He scored 40 goals. He has played wonderfully this year he's been as almost as dominant as austin matthews but not only in terms of what he was offered and what he's being offered now the negotiating back and forth between lewis gross and michael nylander and brad for living along with the you know the finance the cap ramifications i just think it's really a short-sighted and dumb contract extension but uh, yeah, I said on this show, I said once it got to the beginning of the regular season, it was either going to be one of two scenarios. It was either he was going to sign or he was going to walk. The chances of him being traded in season before the deadline were minuscule. And I, I had hopes um, when Elliot reported on Thursday that it seemed Nylander was in favor of this. The Leafs were stepping up that the agent was on board, but that Michael Nylander was still pressing for, you know, more money to come, come on board. Now, you know, that's the thing. It's like 11 and a quarter, 11. I would have had a problem with that too, but at least there would have been a little more leeway. 11 and a half puts him ahead of David Pasternak. And if you were to tell me like right now, if I, if all of a sudden Don Sweeney had had you know, some sort of mind event. And he called Brad Trilling and said, I'll trade you Pasternak for William Nylander. Who in their right mind wouldn't do that deal right now? David Pasternak is a better player than William Nylander. And if you're talking comparables, Nylander is going to get paid more than David Pasternak. So, uh, you know, is he a great player? Is he a good player? Yes. Is this a good deal? No, it's not. Well, I guess it, Truly, it's as the weeks go, it gets worse and worse. Like, really, the big failure, if you're going to look at a failure, is not getting this done sooner. Like, they should have got it done in the summer. They should have just given him what he wanted in the summer before he had the chance to have his I'll show you season. Don't you I think? I don't think, don't you, th- don't you think Trey Living, though, was it kind of in a jam coming in as That's a new true. general manager, yeah. right? Like, you can't, like, I don't know, like unless Shanahan is the guy pulling uh, pulling the strings behind mm-hmm. behind, because I think you you could have Trilliving could have just said that at, in the summertime, right? Like just say, you know, we want you at nine and a half or whatever it was, nine point seven five. If you don't want it, then we're going to deal you. 
like the way right. you're saying, Mike, right? But mm-hmm. I don't think because he came in, like, do you think he Trilliving had that, I guess, approval, I suppose, from MLSE or from Shanahan to to do that? Like or- I think once he got the job, he had the the approval to do whatever he wanted. But yeah. remember, I mean, people forget. And I was at the media availability when Kyle Dubas, the last media availability he had did not sign off on the possibility or, you know, basically said, you know, cast doubt on the fact that the core four would be back. He, he left it open. So, yeah. you know, now who knows if that was lip service or if he would actually followed through on making some sort of changes to the core four. Once true living came in, you know, the indicators are he needed to learn about this, this team, you know, needed to, you know, he went to Arizona and talked to Austin Matthews and really he wanted to, you know, get his feel for the situation when it came to the, the, the core group of this team. And that, I mean, we heard him negotiate with Neilander's representative, Lewis Gross and Michael Neilander throughout the summer. He knows them really well because they were the agents for Johnny Goudreau. The, the Goudreau playbook was what I was worried about here when it came to Nealander, because if you remember, Goudreau would not sign. They were negotiating throughout the year. They negotiated past the trade deadline. They negotiated up to July the 1st, and then he walked away. Now, the difference here is Nealander has made it clear um, to the Leafs and to the media when he did talk to them about this that he wanted to stay in Toronto. That's all fine and good. Well, what are you giving up to stay in Toronto? Because not to say that they're not going to pay you, but what are you giving up? And according to this deal, he's giving up nothing because he's getting eight years. He's probably getting a no move clause and he's getting paid, you know, probably what the fourth or fifth highest contract in the NHL. He didn't give up a damn thing. That's, that's the thing too, Mike. What do you think? Like the, like, they're taking every penny, possible penny. Like they're saying they want to be here and that it's such a great place to play. And, but every other team, all these other top players, they all seem to take a little bit of a discount because they want to stay where they are, whether it be in Tampa or Colorado, wherever, like they just, they want to stay there and they give up the, like a little bit of the money so that everybody can be happy and they can actually form a team. But with these guys... I mean, I know there, there's a lot of people coming off the books, like Brody is coming off the books. Um, like there's these deals with Domi. Sam, Samsonoff is coming off Samsonoff the books. and and so Evan on. But, but these these core guys and their dads being <laughs> Michael that Nylander. is a huge piece. Yeah. Where and Michael else Nylander in and, the league and, do the dads get a say? Yeah. Yeah, that, like, that part bothers me. Like, I don't like if that's happening, fine, but keep it out of the media. Like, I don't want to hear about dads negotiating in the background. Well, okay. yeah. in, in in this scenario, Michael Nealander is part of the the agency. He works. Yeah, that's with true. He was gross. So mm-hmm. Paul Marner is just an interloper. He's just mm-hmm. a, somebody who's you know part. You know, he he's part of it because he's Mitch Marner's dad, and he's always been involved. So. You know, yeah. but no, I mean, Michael Nealander, you could say, well, you know, he's, he's treading on areas that he shouldn't, but he's part of the agency and he's got a lot of influence over, over his son and over the direction. And anybody who remembers his career, he, you know, oh, yes. he got every last yeah. penny out of every, For sure. so, but 
you know, my, they want to win. Like how, I don't know. I just don't see how they're taking every single penny, but they right. say they want to win in Toronto. Well, and, and then <laughs> that, yeah. that's, that's the scenario that really sort of, I should think should irk a lot of Leaf fans. I don't begrudge William Nylander getting every last dollar that he can. If this was a non-cap system, if we were back in the days where Joe Neuendyke and Gary Roberts and you know Matt Sundin was getting nine million dollars a year, and Eddie Balfour and McCabe and Cameron, you know they were all getting signed. It was a non-cap league. This is you know MLS is a bottomless pit of money. You know just look look at you know look at your Rogers uh, cable bill or or your Bell cable <laughs> Bell phone bill or whatever. You know they've got money to burn, but it's a cap system. And the cap is going to be at the most $88 million last year. And I calculated it. And I calculated it at Neilander at $11 million, but it's 11.5. And if it's 11.5, then the core five, the four forwards and Morgan Riley, who all have no move clauses, they make $54.15 million. The cap is 88. So you're talking about $34 million for 18 more players. And more than likely, it won't be 18 because they won't be able to afford to carry 18. Good luck fielding a team that, you know, you have to put a team around these guys to be able to win. And that's my problem. Yeah. And that's why I'm 50-50 on this, too, like the way we were saying just before we got on. But uh, because I don't know, I'm worried about that part of it. Well, let me ask this part then. Mm-hmm. So just because William Nylander doesn't seem to be the guy going out, does mm-hmm. that still preclude them trading a uh, core for peace? Well, somebody uh, else is coming up on a contract yeah. too with a no movement year. clause. Well, hmm? right. Well, yes. With a no movement clause. Oh, and he well, has a no move now. Yeah, that's true. All do. And that's, yeah. remember, John Tavares was asked after the playoffs last year, would you waive your no move clause? And he basically said no. No. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, he came here on a seven year deal. I believe Tavares, and, you know, I have no confirmation of that, but everybody is assuming, and it makes sense. Tavares, I believe it, it turns 34 when his deal expires. More than likely, he wants to stay in Toronto. He wants to finish his, his career in Toronto. But he's not going to be making $11 million. He'll sign probably for less. Now, what less means, I don't think it's going to be Giordano's 800000 but I think <laughs> I think it'll be probably 5 or $6 million. And he's still a really effective, good player and a good leader, even though he's not a rah-rah guy. Okay. So, but that's in 2025. 2024, he's still on his seven-year deal. So is Mitch Marner. They all have no move clauses in their contracts. Every, you know, the, the underlying rumor out there over the last few months, well, if they sign Neilander, you know, Mitch Marner is going to get traded. Okay. Mitch Marner is going to waive his no move clause. Okay. That's true. You know, let's, let's extrapolate from this. Okay. Mitch Marner, um, he goes in July when it's, and he's able to uh, negotiate a new deal with the, with the Leafs. And he says to them, well, I don't want as much as Austin Matthews. Like last time he got 10.9. Matthews got 11.6. I don't want 13 and a quarter, but I do want 12.5. And Brad Trilliving says, you know, Mitch, we just, we just can't do that. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, well, then 
I'm, you know, now if you want that someplace else, uh, waive your no move clause and we'll work on a trade to a place that you want to go to. Well, okay. I don't want to go anywhere. I want to play in Toronto. So I will play in Toronto for one more year and then I'll sign a seven year deal someplace else and I'll stick it to you. Yeah. I because see that happen. I don't have to waive the no move clause and you get nothing for me and I get one more year and I get to play and I get to play with Austin Matthews or Tavares and put up 95 points and I go in with a with a cap going up to 90 million and people willing to spend the money on me you're not willing but somebody else will be. Why would he waive? It's not for that they're the not willing million. though. Yeah, for it's the, the fact that they can't do it. <laughs> right, right. But they, yeah. right, exactly. Why is he the one holding the short end of the stick? You paid Austin. You pay, you paid Willie. Why aren't you paying me? What am I, chopped liver? Well, what if, uh, Will, Willie, like hypothetically, mm-hmm. it is ahead of Ma- uh, Marner and points and everything this year and yep. does it again next year? Mm-hmm. Then can Marner still say, you know, I, I, deserve more than Willie? Well, he can say anything he wants. It's well, what, yeah. the, it's what, it's what the Leafs and, and the problem, you know, the problem <clears throat> rearranges itself a little bit after next season, but for the Leafs to be able to surround, you know, you, you, the clock is ticking here. You know, mm-hmm. you've got four more years with, with, with Matthews, you know, uh, Tavares will be another year older. Everybody will be, we're all going to be another year older, but you you have these players all in their in their prime and that's a finite time time space so you've got to strike while the iron is hot and you could say well we'll just wait another year well i mean Tavares could be over the hill at, at age 34 you don't know when some somebody's going to drop or when somebody gets hurt or whatever so you, you sort of have to strike while all these guys are at the top of their game and that's why having $34 million, and yes, you're right, Brody's expiring, so is Domi, so is Bertuzzi. There's a lot of money coming off. But you're not what you're not factoring in is then Matthews' contract kicks in from eleven point six to thirteen point two. And now now it's a five million dollar increase from what or four or four and a half million dollar increase from what Neilander is making. And what if you want to re-sign Brody? Is Brody going to take a pay cut? Is he going to take what what uh, Mark Giordano is taking? You know, can you find three or four veterans to take less than a million dollars to play with these guys? I mean, it, every, a lot think, of things have to fall in place. Yeah, and what do you think too of Austin Matthews' role in this too? Because obviously, him and Marner are buddies, right? And uh, you know, like I guess would he somehow have any <laughs> say is- in the in? Like, I what mean, what's he going to do? He's like, he's locked in for four years. I mean, I'd love Mitch to be back. I mean, if he wanted Mitch to be back, he could have taken less. He could have taken 12.61. He could have taken a dollar more than Nathan McKinnon, but he took $600,000 right. more than McKinnon on a four year deal. Okay. Right. Nobody's taking mm-hmm. less. Nobody. The only one who took less is Morgan Riley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Morgan Riley took seven and a half million dollars. And, and he got the security, he got the eight-year deal, he got the no-move clause. Nobody's taking less. Yeah, yeah. Well, we pretty much know it's gonna be it's gonna be a done deal. And I guess I don't know. Do you have something else to say? I do. About it or, I have yeah. one more question. So, yeah. how far do they have to go in the playoffs this year for with all of this that's going to play out for mm-hmm. it to? Basically, sit a little better 
if they have like a crappier year next year, because next year's the year that they're going to feel the biggest pinch. So how far do they have to go in the playoffs? Do you think for, you're going to think I'm unreasonable. They have to win mm -hmm. the Stanley cup. Yeah. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. They, so I was thinking it, if they win the cup this year, yeah. next year, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of teams have that kind of post cup slump. Sure. So maybe it would be a little bit more okay, but yeah, like they well, kind of have to go all the way. But well, what, what if they make it to the final and they don't win? How about that? I, you know, but, but then the, the 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 end goal is not achieved. I mean, remember, mm. I I look at this the way, and I always look for historical comparatives. If you're and and we know that like after the lockout, things changed in terms of the cap, but. In 04, when the Tampa Bay Lightning won the cup and they had LeCavier, Richards, San Luis, Dan Boyle, they had that core group making most of the money in a non-cap system. And, and, uh, they come back after the lockout and they can't afford to sign, uh, Nikolai Hobby Bullen, their goaltender, because it's a cap. Okay, so there's a cap here, and the cap has been flat for a number of years because of the the pandemic. Things would have changed had it that not happened, but it did happen, and they put themselves in a position. But now that they now we're that we're coming out of the pandemic and the cap is going up, they're doubling down on the scenario that didn't work for five years. That's what drives me nuts. Nobody is nobody knows the the, the cap better than Brandon Pridham, but. I don't know how Brandon Pridham can wave his magic wand as if he's borrowing it from Harry Potter or something. I don't know how he makes this work with 55 to 60% of the cap going to that core five group. Okay. I all think right. that we've covered all the bases on this one. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But it's still going to get done anyway. <laughs> it's yeah, it's going to get done anyway. Here we go. So <laughs> I, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that there's some kind of massaging that, that they know about that we don't know about. Anyways, we will see. Yeah. So let's look a little bit more at some of the other uh, oh, yeah. players and aspects of the team. So um, on a few shows, we talked a bit with you about Nick Robertson and it looks like he's still having trouble finding his footing on the team. So he was a healthy scratch for the last couple of games. So what do you think is still holding him back? And then part two of this question is, do you think that he will finish the season as a leaf? I'm starting to have doubts. Um, now, thankfully the one thing that has not happened is another injury. Mm -hmm. um, he's been healthy. Um, now, He's in a third line role. He's playing with Max Domi, who I think Max Domi is a better fit as a winger, but you know, he's played better with the Leafs up the middle on the third line, protected defensively by Kali Yarncroke. And they've that third line has been okay at times. At other times, it's been not so great. He's had five, he's got five goals in 24 games. You you know, you extend that out to 82 games and that's 16, 17 goals. That's not terrible, but he's not very good defensively. He's small. Um, I, I think that, you know, that's part of the issue here. I think his skill set fits as a top six forward, but he's never going to play top six for this team this year because Tyler Bertuzzi is occupying one left wing spot and Matthew Nyes has played really well and I think has gradually grown into a really good fit 
with uh, Matthews and either Neander or or Marner. So there's he's sort of blocked there in terms of moving up. And I'm not sure even if he did move up that Sheldon Keefe has a lot of confidence in him to be good enough defensively to match up with, you know, Tavares or Matthews. They, you know, Bertuzzi is fairly defensively responsible. Nice, I think, has, for a young guy, has been pretty good at that. And sometimes they mix Yarncroak in there, and Yarncroak is very good two-way. Robertson's not so much. I mean, if they make a trade for a defenseman, I would think that Nick Robertson probably would be part of that deal because he's only 22 years old. He's got a lot of offensive ability, and I think there are probably managers out there who see you know, that as sort of a diamond in the rough that they could get out of Toronto. Now, if they trade him for a defenseman, that's fine. I mean, I'm not saying I, I hope he has a good career. I'd like to see it in Toronto. I thought it would happen, but the injuries have sort of knocked him back. But if they trade him in a deal to get a defenseman, then at least they're getting something for a young kid uh, still on his entry-level deal. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. And the one thing, and I was saying this to Chris at a game the other day, that I just don't see that he's getting any better. You know, like you, you like to see some kind of improvement, you know, like there's enough time now and enough of a sample size that I feel like I should, should have been seeing some kind of improvements in his game, but I haven't really seen that kind of evolution in him so far. So I don't know. Let's yeah, see. There, asking. There, there hasn't been a lot of growth, but I know I, at, at times I thought maybe there was some hesitancy about him, like not putting himself in vulnerable positions to, you know, to get hurt again. But at a certain point that has to be like shaken off and like, okay, he's not getting hurt. He's more durable. I mean, he might be one of those four a type players that is really good in the AHL and okay at the NHL, but not great at the NHL. We know that he's got the speed and he's got the shot. It's just whether, you know, maybe he's a good fit on a San Jose or a Calgary or a Chicago where he could play top six minutes. But right now for a team that is purportedly contending for a Stanley Cup, he doesn't sort of fit in there. Yeah. And he, yeah, it's the ice time. Like he doesn't get, he's not going to get anywhere playing less than 10 minutes a night almost every, every game. No. And he gets no time on the power play too. And that's, I think, where like even if he was on the second unit, like, but he's not. Um, he's had a couple of chances, I think. But, but yeah, I think the opportunity, like you said, if we get a defenseman for him, <laughs> that would be quite nice. Let's just say that, right? or even a goalie. You never know, right? That's another. That's another. Well, we'll uh, talk about that in a minute. <laughs> actually, we're going to talk about David Kemp and the healthy okay. scratch um, that he had. Um, I guess after the bad turnover and everyone saying Sheldon Keefe was basically sending a message to the group that uh it's not just him it's been uh that it's been talked about how Keith is trying to change the accountability of this team but do you think by doing that like does it did it actually make any sense that way i don't know like i i'm wondering like with Keith and i guess the relationship he had with Dubis whether or not cuz remember that time where he called out Marner and Mm -hmm. Matthews, I think it was at the time. It was the beginning of last season, and he had to reverse the uh, his comments. And yeah. but this type of thing with camp, like, do you really think that it sends a message that way to those to the whole team? 
Well, I mean, if you look at the way that the team has played since, it looks like the message got through because they played much better defense. They it was it happened after the Columbus game, and then you know they played better defensively against Carolina. They lost that game, but then really they've played really good defensively on the West Coast trip. So you know, apparently the message they got also, through. They they didn't get Ilya Samsonov in goal well, too. <laughs> yeah, please. I mean, that was I, one. Yeah, I mean, you give up the puck and it ends up, behind, you know, hitting the twine. I mean, they, they, you'd like you'd like your goaltender to be able to cover up for mistakes, but I mean, okay, let's just say this: I know everything is made a bigger deal when it comes to Toronto. I understand that. You know, I've 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 you know either been a caller to a radio show or a writer or a fan or whatever for my entire life, and I've lived within an hour of Toronto all my life. So I know I know what the big smoke is like. I get it. So what that he had a 332 game consecutive streak. I think his wife put it out on Instagram or something like that. Big whoop. I mean, I, you know, he's, I mean, I like David camp as a player. I mean, honestly, would I like to pay a fourth line center two point something million dollars? No, I thought he was going to be their third line center and maybe he'll be their third line center next year when they walk away from Max Domi. But you know, he's played up and down this year. I don't think it's a cardinal sin to sit a guy for a game, especially if you're doing it to send a message. And clearly the message got through because they've played better defensively since they benched him. And then he came back back and he's playing fine. And the the rest of the team got the message. You've got to play both ends of the ice for us to be able to win. Well, and I guess, yeah, I see a difference in his play, especially like, yeah. His play, I think, with that fourth line has been pretty good with Bobby McMahon and uh, and no and Gregor and no yeah. Gregor, yeah. And I uh, see, I I I, 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 lo- I, I, you know, I really like Bobby McMahon. I've liked Bobby McMahon since last year. I like the size that he brings in the lineup. Ryan Reeves should not get back in the lineup ever if it's between him and Bobby McMahon. I'm sorry, because yeah. Bobby McMahon can actually skate can actually catch up to people and maybe every once in a while run into a puck and put it in the net. The other guy, not so much. Yeah. The only last thing I will add here is that, um, you know, I think a lot of people are wondering, you know, why didn't he sit or bench, you know, some of the other guys, top guys, like, you know, Mitch had some pretty brutal giveaways during that time frame. They don't get benched, but I guess if you're calling out your so-called best defensive player and sitting him for a game, I guess that tells everybody if if the if the group is as close as they say they are that, you know, everyone's got to be better because I think most people in there probably know that if he's getting getting benched and has to sit a game that that they have something to do with that as well. I mean, so think of it this way, Camp is in the first year of a four-year contract. Mm-hmm. He's going nowhere. He's part of this team. And if you bench him for a game, it really doesn't have a lot of effect on him because they're not going to send him to the minors or anything like that. It's just, it was a message being sent. Now, yes, you could bench Mitch Marner because Mitch Marner gave away the puck a couple times against Columbus. Does Shelton Keefe really want to go to war with his, one of his top three or four players? Does he really want to, especially because every question that Sheldon Keefe will be facing is, well, Mitch gave away the puck tonight. Are you going to bench him again? You know, like, you know what I'm saying? It's, it goes down a road he doesn't want to go down. Now he can send the message without pulling that trigger because once you pull that trigger, especially in Toronto, you know, then the game is up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's that's very true. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. Okay, so final one for you. Any thoughts on the upcoming All-Star Game coming to Toronto uh, the first weekend of February? It's a uh, there's a lot of buzz of Twitter. I mean, former Twitter X is like in a frenzy right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know that they've added some more money to the mix, but do you have any other ideas on how the league can make it a little bit more meaningful to the players? Uh, cancel the game. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I've I've been you know it's funny because. Uh, there's nobody I respect more than Pierre Lebrun for the athletic. And I've been of this mind, but you know, I thought I was a voice, a, a lone voice in the wilderness. Um, he, I, I, if I'm not misrepresenting what he said, he basically said the game is a waste. It's, it's glorified shinny. And honestly, like the NFL, they don't do much right, but they eliminated the Pro Bowl because nobody watched the Pro Bowl. Like, okay, as a fan, what will I watch? I'll watch the skills competition. The skills competition is interesting. The game is a bore. I don't care if you give them $10 million. It's a tear. Now, okay, I realize I'm a 56-year-old man. You know, the kids, they want to go to the they want to go to the game and they get to see a chance to see McDavid and Matthews and I get it, but it's not really that much of a game. It's just, it's not really a game. It's just, hmm. it's just like skating around. They don't want to hurt each other. You know, I mean, it already has taken a hit because Jack Hughes is probably not going to play and Connor Bedard is broken, you know, has a fractured jaw. Yeah. So there's a couple of players that people would want to see and now they're not going to see. I just don't. And next year, like everybody's pointing out, well, next year, there's not going to be an all-star game. Because the, uh, because they're going to have the best on best, uh, world cup, uh, thing with, uh, I'm like, yeah. Okay. How about this idea? Never bring it back. Never. I, I am all in favor of getting rid of the all-star, have an all-star weekend. Or if you're going to have an all-star game, merge the all-star game and the winter classic, have an outdoor all-star game instead of a regular season game. That's fine. Then it's a, it's an event. It's out, out of doors. And, you know, that game is played at three quarter speed anyway, because sometimes it's in a blizzard, you know, let them, <laughs> let them like do spinoramas and whatever. We're fine, but it's not a real game. And, yeah. you know, I mean, it was a joke when John Scott got in and I've heard, I've heard rumors about there being an internet campaign to get Shane Pinto into the all-star game. Because they suspended him for 41 games and that would be a, an up years to the NHL. Um, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's oh just God. like a, if that's just like a Twitter thing or if that's actually what's going on. But if it does happen, you know, you know, there's going to be a certain segment that's going to think that's ultimate, that, that that's the ultimate troll job and it's cool. Yeah. Mm. But I, I, honestly, I mean, uh, Am, am I glad it's in Toronto? Sure. If I get credentialed for it, will I go? Yes. Would I like to leave the game in the second period in the, the all-star game on Saturday? Um, I'll be catching the go train as quickly as I possibly can. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think this idea? I think I heard of it before, but what do you think? Like whoever wins, whichever conference that they get home ice in the Stanley Cup final. They did that in the baseball all-star game. And then it, it, it really, I mean, you're going to base home field advantage or home ice advantage 
on a meaningless game. No, but that uh, would make it meaningful though, because yeah, then but those... it's still meaningless. It's like what <laughs> what what what, do, what does Thomas Hurdle for the San Jose Sharks care about home ice advantage for the Western mm-hmm. Conference? He'll yeah, be true. He'll sure. you know, he'll be in Hawaii sipping my ties <laughs> when the when the when the conference finals and the Stanley Cup finals are are going on. So he yeah. doesn't care. Yeah, that's true. Very true. Yeah, no, I actually really like your idea of merging it with the Winter Classic. Uh, yeah, that at least you know celebrates the history of the game and stuff yeah. in in a different way. I think the players enjoy that because they get mm-hmm. to bring their they all for to a man say you know it's it's a, a family weekend. They like bringing their their families to the Winter Classic when they get to play in it. So I think that's actually probably would be yeah. a good um, middle ground for that. So. Anyway, Mike. Oh, okay. I was like, can I can I hijack yeah. the show for just a second, sure. just to yeah. talk about the about the goaltending? Okay, yes. yeah, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. because your um, thoughts, please, sir. Yes, I am of the opinion that, and okay, this is not said with any kind of animosity to Ilya Samsonov because I actually have a lot of sympathy for him because you know we've seen what happened with Jack Campbell in, in Edmonton and he got sent down to Bakersfield and they sent him down there to sort of get his confidence back and he didn't. And now he may never come back because he's played badly in the AHL. And I think that's the reason why the Leafs smartly have not played him with the Marlies. But that being said, I don't think he can be trusted to play again. I think now, unfortunately, uh, Joseph Wall is going to be out probably until after the all-star break. They've got a, a couple back-to-backs over the next couple weekends. Um, where Dennis Hildeby might, they, they've been hesitant to play him in any games. And I understand why, because he only has like 18 games of experience in North America. If you play him two games, is it going to ruin him? Probably not. And I, you don't want to throw away points, but Martin Jones has been much better than anybody expected. And they need to get to when Joseph wall comes back and not rush him back, but get him back a hundred percent healthy. But at that point, I, I can't trust Ilya Samsonov to play, especially right now. They're only four points out of falling out of the playoffs. And they need every point right now. And, you know, they're getting great goaltending out of Jones. And when Wall got hurt, they were getting great to- goaltending out of, out of Wall. We've said this on this show before. Samsonov has been bad from the go, from the get-go. He was bad in that opening game against Montreal. He's had maybe three or four good starts all season. And the rest, he's been given up one or two or more bad goals. So if I'm Brad for living, I'm being kind to him. I'm being sensitive to his, you know, whatever's going on with him. He's suffering from a broken psyche, whatever the hell it is. He cannot be trusted to play the goal again. Yeah, but you you think you'd, you'd trust then going into the playoffs, like have Joseph Wall, and we don't know his health right now either because an ankle injury is huge for Right. For a goalie, obviously. Joseph Wall and Martin Jones as the as the tandem going into the playoffs, or do you think there's a deal? I don't think there's perhaps. a deal. I mean, no? especially, especially with what uh, you know, a lot of the insiders have said is the price uh for goaltending, available goaltending on the trade market. I mean, apparently the Leafs were out there offering a mid round pick and they couldn't get a sniff out of anybody. And uh, uh, I think uh, Elliot said a couple of weeks ago that the cost for goaltending bordered on extortion. 
So if it's like that, I mean, if you're talking about going out and trading for a Jake Allen or uh, a Dan Vladar from Calgary, you know, you're probably talking a second round pick that they don't have. They don't have a second round pick for the next three drafts. So, I, you know, I, I don't know that they can get a goaltender above what Wall and Jones can be um, that they'd be willing to give up. They don't want to give up any of their dra- any of the remaining draft picks. They don't want to give up Cowan or Minton or any of their existing prospects. So I think, and we don't want to give anything to the Habs either. <laughs> yeah. 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 I would, yeah. Nick Robertson to the Habs, and he's then he goes, becomes a fifty goal scorer. <laughs> exactly, Cole Clough or goal. What do you? What did Gary call? Cold cauliflower. cauliflower. Huh. <laughs> uh, I know it's, right. it's 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 a terrible, it's a sad situation. I I, I don't know what happened there. Do you, like. It, do you think that that arbitration could have like totally messed him up that badly? Like, I don't like, think the, arbit- the yeah, I don't think the arbitration did. I think the fact that he knew, I mean, it was smart business by the Leafs. He had a good year. He had the best year yeah. of his career. They said, prove it. Okay. Now you've, you've done it once. If you do it again, we will, we, we might be interested in signing you long-term. It put all, puts all the pressure on him to perform. And from the get go, he hasn't performed, which is, you know, apparently I talked to reporters who've worked in Washington, which was, he's always been like the toughest on himself in terms of being able to handle the pressure. And I mean, last year, maybe the pressure wasn't on him because Matt Murray was the guy who all the pressure was on. I actually think if we're talking psychology, the difference was is last year he came in, they didn't qualify him. He came in and he put the onus on himself and said, I'm going to, uh, it's going to be my show you year. But right. this year, the Leafs have asked him to show them. Yes. And that's different, yes. you know? So that's external pressure versus internal, right? So maybe, I maybe think that's both, the difference. I think it's both external and internal. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, you know, the, let me get an up yours to Washington and mm-hmm. and prove it to himself that he could do it. And he played really well last year, but now it's, okay, I've got to perform to get a long-term contract to, you know, help my family for the future. And now, I mean, he's probably after this, he might get a one-year deal as a backup someplace because I don't think there are going to be a lot of teams that are going to be willing to make a long-term investment on him and trust him. And that's, that's sad. But I mean, I think the Leafs right now, I mean, next year, their goaltending tandem, because they're paying $54 million to five players, their goaltending tandem might be Joseph Wall and Dennis Hildeby. Or it could be Joseph Wall and Martin Jones on a on a one-year deal. I mean, that's the reality. They're going to have to borrow from Peter to pay Paul in other areas. And that, you know, that the goaltending might be an area because Wall's already on a deal. He's on the last year of his three-year deal and he's making less than $800,000. I think not only for his, you know, the confidence that they have in him to be the number one, but because of his salary, he's going to be the number one next year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, well, I guess see how it all shakes out with that. But so much uh, fun in the crease there. <laughs> yeah. Fun in the. <laughs> and we didn't even talk about the defense. So there you go. No, I know. I know. There's always so much to talk about. So we're there will be plenty more on the horizon for oh, yeah. us to discuss with you for sure. So 
Thanks again, Mike, for coming on the show. And for our listeners, check out Mike's blog and podcast on HockeyBuzz.com and the Leafs Combo. And if you want to see what the Sabres are up to, you can check out Mike's articles on the Hockey News uh, as well. So also follow him on X, make sure you do. And his handle is at Mike in Buffalo. Thanks a lot, Mike. Always a pleasure, ladies. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, so as always, it's a great conversation with our insider, Mike Agello, and uh, we'll definitely have him on more frequently as we get closer to trade deadline day, which is on March the 8th. So um, now we just want to do a quick review of the Leafs' upcoming games. Um, So this week they start off with a home game versus the Sharks, uh, and then they go on the road to play the Islanders on Thursday and another back-to-back uh, at home. First versus the Avalanche on Saturday and then a divisional game with the Red Wings on Sunday. So it's a, a busy week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think now it's the, the Global Series uh, breaks and stuff like that. All of that is starting to uh, catch up with us and we're going to have a lot more games in short order for this next and, month. And uh, And the big question, of course, besides the William Nylander contract <laughs> and getting that deal done, which looks like it's going to get done, um, is will Hildeby play or the Hildebeast? Mm-hmm. Will he play this week? It'll be interesting. Yes. So we'll see if he gets any action this week. And then after that, the week of the 14th, the Leafs head out on the road to Western Canada playing the Oilers on Tuesday and then Calgary on the Thursday and then a back to back with uh, Vancouver and Seattle on Saturday and Sunday. Um, it's been a long time since we've gone out West and I've actually thought of it as a measuring stick time, but uh, with uh, Vancouver playing the way they are, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's going to be interesting how we match up against them. Oh, yeah. And all Leafs Nation will be there and all mm-hmm. uh, Western Canada fans that uh, don't seem to like us very much. No, and, which and we it'll don't be care. interesting to see uh, how many Leafs ma- uh, Leaf fans um, manage to make it uh, down uh, across the border to Seattle as well. Yeah, yeah. That's one road trip we'll, we'll be doing eventually. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yes, yeah. So while you are all busy voting for Willie uh, to get him on the Eastern Conference All-Star team. Don't forget, again, to vote for Ladies Talking Leafs as the best hockey podcast. The voting link is in our show notes uh, and across all of our social media channels. Our handle is at LTL1917. So, yes, please just hit that little thumbs up for the for the vote and uh also if you can we would love to hear from you leave us a rating or a review and let us know what you think of the show it's easy on apple and spotify or leave us a comment on youtube it's important for our show to get more exposure as a source for leafs content and we thank you for taking the time and another way to help us out is by visiting our Kofi page at Kofi.com. You can follow us there. And if you choose to, you can support us by buying us a coffee. Any donation goes towards helping us produce the show and making it even better for you. Find the link to our Kofi page on our show notes or in any of our social media profile pages. And we want to thank, as always, our healthcare workers and first responders for everything that they do. We thank you as always for listening and watching Ladies Talking Leafs presented by Bet Online. Till next time, go Leafs, go. Leafs go. Go.